Let us pray. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I read from the New International Version first from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Here ends the Old Testament lesson. The next is Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 35. Please attend this reading. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you sit down first and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It's thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Here ends these scripture lessons. Thanks be to God. Well, this is the conclusion of an eight-week sermon series, but it's really more than that. It's the conclusion to the second eight-week sermon series in a two-part sermon series. So it's really the 16th of 16 sermons that have been focused on this concept of emotionally healthy discipleship. In the fall, we started out the school year in September talking about emotionally healthy spirituality, developing strong roots in our relationship with God. And then for the first two, year, two, week, two months rather, of this year, of 2022, we've focused on the natural expression of that. That while we're called to love God with our whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, we're also called to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so we've been kicking off this new year that now we're well into, talking about love, loving one another. Today, at the very end, we revisit the tree image, pointing it out 
in our sanctuary and on the slides that you have seen. The relationship focus, we've been, in a sense, focusing on the leaves, the the growth, the fruit that comes from the branches. But we know that that produce of our lives is rooted deep beneath the surface. And so, in a way, today we go back to the beginning, the roots of what makes it all possible. You see, for a relationship revolution, to truly love as God calls us to love, we need to remain rooted by investing in God's wisdom. Jesus speaks some very challenging words to his disciples, and actually what's likely of a much larger group of his followers than just the 12. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus and his disciples, a large crowd, the text says, um, are on the road to Jerusalem. Now, in the gospel story, when they are on the road to Jerusalem, they're going to that Jerusalem at that time, the one that you know about if you've read ahead in the story. So Jesus has some real challenging days ahead, as do Jesus' disciples. And so, yes, when this scripture text was just read in our hearing, we kind of go, wow, those are some hard words from Jesus. Well, he is intentional about starting to introduce the challenges, the hardness of the journey that is ahead for him and his followers. For he will be carrying his own cross soon. But what Jesus is really getting to here is he's, he's asking the question, are you willing to remain steadfast toward the goal when the going gets tough? When the resistance begins, when the consequences start to show. He says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Now, there, this is one of those passages in the Bible that does help to, to understand what scholars are, are seeing in this. We know that there's one level of biblical translation from the original language to the vernacular, which for most of us is English. But even in its original, sometimes there are things that are hard for us to see but would have likely been very understandable to those who are listening. And that is that the word hate here in this context is used in a way that was used in Hebrew language quite often. It was used, and words like it were used, to exaggerate a point to emphasize how important it is. We would call that hyperbole. Intentional exaggeration to really uh, make a point. I've been tempted all week to use wild exaggerations to make a point in relation to scam emails. But here, the word hate 
is not meant to counter Jesus' call to love your neighbor as yourself. Rather, it's to emphasize that as you follow Jesus and follow his command to love, there might be certain attachments that might keep you from doing that. So we learned that there might be things in our background, ways that we were formed, uh, maybe uh, in a culture that said, you need to love these people, but don't love these people. So if that is more of a family tradition, Jesus is saying, hey, if you're going to follow me, and you're going to love your neighbor as yourself, as I command, there are some of those things that you're going to have to leave behind in order to follow me and follow my way. That's just an example. But it's, it's Jesus talking about strong boundaries, being able to say no to something in order to say yes to something deeper and greater. And he goes on to say, whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost? to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. It's so public, isn't it? When you've seen those unfinished construction projects, there it is for everyone to see. You know the story. They started. It's not yet finished. In a world of crucifixions, like in the era of the gospel writings, to carry a cross meant that you were going to die. What do Jesus' words about carrying a cross mean when it comes to showing love in healthy relationship to others? I think one one way of looking at this is, is to think seasonally. The fact that we're talking about this text the week before Lent, just three days before Ash Wednesday, The question, what are you going to give up, is often considered in the lead-up to Lent. Some of us might already be thinking of that, that tradition of giving something up for the season of Lent. The question takes on new meaning after having studied emotionally healthy relationships, doesn't it? We have a whole new catalog of things we might give up during Lent. Unhealthy ways of relating that we might have inherited from our families of origin. Baggage from our past. The need to be right all the time. Having the first word and the last. Or the desire for revenge or retaliation when we are injured. The season of Lent and its question of what are you going to give up opens up a different perspective on this text. What are you going to give up for good? In the sense of permanently. In the sense of, you know those times when you kind of, you know the one step forward, two steps back? It's part of life. We know what that feels like. But is this a time? After having sufficient focus on some of these, these aspects of emotionally healthy living, and the, what we need to do in order to love well with the love of Christ. That perhaps this is a time when we give up something that isn't helpful to that, and we give it up for good. Meaning, we really allow God to move us beyond it and risk that 
But there's another meaning to that giving something up for good because the good is the good result for the good of your relationships, to be able to more fully show the love of Christ. In order to build toward healthy relationships, we need to be in it for the long haul. We know it's not going to be easy. We know there's going to be resistance along the way. We know there's going to be sabotage around the way. And you know who's going to be the first person uh, who gets convicted of sabotage along that way? Me. Not just me for every, every one of us, but each one of us for ourselves, our own journey. We need to consider the cost of building toward healthy relationships to make sure we're investing what is required for the task. You know, building projects are part of our DNA here at North Creek. I'm not sure this is true of every congregation, but it's certainly true of this one. The fact that we built our own church building It wasn't just through a a capital campaign where people gave money. Yes, people gave tons of money sacrificially for the building of this church building in its two large phases. But what's remarkable about North Creek is how many of the members actually picked up a hammer or a wrench or whatever it was, a wheelbarrow, in order to participate and take their part in the building effort. We are in a sanctuary that that is the result of much sweat equity, as Habitat for Humanity likes to call it. Our expressions of mission often have a building component to it, like the fire recovery effort in the Okanagan, or our uh, work with our partner church in Bertrand, Haiti, and our building of a school building there. But whether it sticks or steel, a building project involves a plan and a gathering of sufficient building supplies and tools and the number of hands required in order to work those tools. So we look to our supplies. What do we have and what do we not have that we need to obtain in order to get the job done? The timeline, what's reasonable for the progress that we want to make? And speaking of progress, where's our goal? Where are we heading? How will we know that we've arrived? Now imagine using this same approach to the building of healthy relationships. Relationships that you have with others in this congregation or on a ministry team or perhaps a relationship with a staff member in the church or a relationship among family members. This is the time when we can take the step of committing to what it will take to have emotionally healthy relationships to do it for good. To do it with intentionality. Set goals. Evaluate those goals. To do it with accountability with yourself and with others. You know, small groups are great. In the next few weeks, you're going to hear about kind of a, a, a revised, kind of energetic, fresh energy in small groups. But small groups are only as strong as the members of the small group allow them to be by their commitment and by their willing introduction of accountability in the group. Accountability. Small groups of Christians can hold one another accountable for the progress in the faith that we sense God leading us toward. Sometimes it makes all the difference to have another sister and brother in Christ to ask us, hey, I know you said that God was calling you to do this. 
How's that going? How can I pray for you? How can I encourage you in that? Some of us are remembering that just like building a house or a building, there's interior work as well as exterior work. We might need to consult with a Christian therapist or a spiritual director to help us out. And all of this amounts to investing in divine wisdom. Investing in divine wisdom. You know, this was the first word in this series when we went to the book of Proverbs to learn how to listen to others in conversation. And it's the final word as well. We return to the wisdom of Proverbs in two of the most memorable and well-loved verses in the entire collection. Many of you know this by heart. I'm going to just take a, a, a hand. How many of you know these two verses by heart? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. They end up on lists of favorite verses all the time. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy paths. Thanks to Westside Presbyterian Church, Vacation Bible School. I'm looking at my friends back there who have walked that same journey. Um, committing uh, these verses, these main verses in the Christian faith to memory, it makes a difference. By the way, we're going to do a congregation-wide survey of our favorite Bible verses. We're going to count down the top ten this summer, week by week. Look forward to it. So... Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. First, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Healthy relationships with others are built on a healthy relationship with God. Lean not on your own understanding. We have understanding. We have wisdom. But you know, if it's just our wisdom, if we're not anchoring to God's wisdom, it doesn't have the strength to bear the weight of all that we need when it comes to loving people with the love of Christ. We need God's wisdom. In all your ways, submit to him. That's the New International Version. Submit. I don't know about you, but that word always turns me off. Can you identify? Because it's getting in your business, right? And yet, this is one where we are all under God, right? It's talking about recognize that, that God is God and we are not. Submit to God's wisdom. And really put it into practice. No excuses. And then finally, and he will make your path straight. It makes a difference to our path, our journey, our personal journey, our family's journey, but also the journey of a congregation like ours. So we return regularly to our roots in a rule of life. In our first eight-week series last fall, we ended that series of emotionally healthy spirituality by talking about the rule of life, this, this rule or plan of, of remaining connected to God in the midst of daily life. It's very much like a trellis that supports the growth of plant life, but we recognize it as something that will help maintain our roots in God's wisdom. The wisdom from Proverbs reminds us that our relationship health depends on the health of our relationship with God. And so we return to the image of the tree, to the healthy branches and the roots beneath. 
And now that we've come to the end of our two emotionally healthy series, we see how these two parts fit together. Healthy growing branches of relationship that people see on the surface that depend on the deep healthy roots of our relationship with God that others most of the time cannot see. So take time in the word prayerfully, taking it to heart deeply. You know, we've made a decision to keep this tree and the roots on this wall through the remainder of the year until the next year focus starting next fall. To keep reminding us of our need to be connected into the living and life-giving wisdom of God. Because remember Jesus said, abide in me as I abide in you, and apart from me you can do nothing. So concluding words for our series. This journey involves loving God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving our neighbor as ourselves. It turns out that this is what the Christian faith is all about, according to Jesus anyways. And it amounts to nothing short of a relationship revolution. May the revolution ever be happening among us. God's Spirit turning our hearts toward Him and our hearts in love toward one another. Amen.